What are you drinking? I'm drinking kombucha because the mechanic drank my beers. What kind of beers did you have? Well, the ones you guys are drinking tonight, he drank mine. Yeah, but you're not drinking. I thought that's what you were drinking. Yeah, but you yeah, don't just get to drink my frickin' beer. Well, I guess that's a new rule for the FI Garage. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances. And we unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Nailed it's, it. It's going to be like a two-beer sound today. Why? Because I'm off the wagon? <laughs> <laughs> I already cracked mine. Okay, it's a one-beer crack today. Uh, but this is a special beer that was very kindly delivered to me personally by a friend of the show in Vancouver. Jason, thank you so much for delivering us this lovely off-the-rail. I've actually got two types that the economist and I are going to sample. I'm going to tell the accountant all about it because you drank mine. I was going to admit that I drank your beer already. Yeah, that's but rude. I, this beer has survived already for several weeks in the fridge here. It won't survive much longer. Not much it longer. It didn't survive. It had a best it's dead. It's literally dead right now. It's, <laughs> it's not survived. But congratulations on your month of sobriety, preparing for a trip abroad. So good for you. Worst and, month ever. And you are you are drinking homemade kombucha, which is good That's for you. True. It's lucky. It's a tasty drink. But yeah, it's, it's an actually it's a very good non-alcoholic option. It is a good non-alcoholic yeah, option, but I'm so, still pissed you drank my. Beer I know you are, but cheers, cheers. And uh, so Jason got us off the rail brewing, which is in Vancouver. First of all, we're having the classic pale ale. One comment I have right out of the gate here is these cans are way too busy. Yeah, like I'm spinning don't know around where to look. Right? Yeah, I'm spinning around trying to. Find, is there a blurb on here? What's going on? No blurb. No blurb. Just but, like it's. It's too much. Oh, they do have a blurb. This ble- blessed plot, this earth, this realm, this England. That sounds like it's out of a poem. It does. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to try and guess which poet that was. But it does look like a nice brewery in Vancouver there. And this does have a nice sort of golden English pale ale color because that's what we're having. So let's Cheers. give it a try and then yeah. let the accountant tell us what the show's about. I don't know what the show's about. You guys didn't tell me. <laughs> okay, then. Well, You're the, the one with the computer, yeah. and you're the one with the thing that says what the show's okay. about. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, just here for color tonight, boys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. well, a sober color, which may not be that colorful, but we'll find out. It'll just be more angry, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm already angry with uh, you for yeah, the whole I situation. <laughs> I know you are. Um, so, we've had uh, several emails, which is always nice to have. Uh, lots of questions about the Epic Alliance situation, so we should jump into that a little bit since I've been receiving all of their emails. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, sending you emails? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they've okay. been pretty transparent about what's going on, but right. there's still a little bit of confusion. So, yeah, we can uh, do our best to sort of clarify that right out of the gate here. And then we've got another email from a listener asking some sort of odds and ends questions that we'll muddle through and see if we can uh, pull any information out of our heads on that stuff. Yeah. So can you fill us in on what's going on with Epic Alliance? Yeah. So basically, uh, it came out. So this, just to date this for listeners, it's uh, we're recording on November fifteenth, uh, isn't it? It is the fifteenth. Yeah. Yes. It's Apparently, the 15th. we we only record when there's storms. Yeah. That, another that, ma- major storm today, like right? flooding. The what do they call it? The, the Coca Halla like washed out one of the lanes. Really? No, yeah. Up yeah. in Hope. Yeah. Yeah. They're gone. Highway Nine in Agassiz yesterday, I think. Well, and the whole town of Merritt got evacuated today, too. Yeah. It got Crazy. evacuated? Evacuated the entire town. I heard they couldn't drink water, but I guess you can if you're not in town. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, it's been uh, – well, I was trying to remember what they call it. They're calling it the um, atmospheric river of rain is running through, like, just the way the pressures are. But this okay. is – okay, I can remind me. Is this an L – this is a Nina year, isn't it? The, no. Nina's snow, Nino's rain? I can't remember. It, it's one of the years. It's one of the years, but it's yeah. been it's been rough action <laughs> so far. So. Yeah. 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 Rough. All you people that think you're moving out to Victoria for the sunshine, not this November. No. Nope. Nope. Anyway, November 15th, and I haven't paid my rent yet by Epic Oh, you Alliance. haven't? I have not been paid rent. When so, do you normally get paid rent? On the first? On the first. So then I got a question on that right away. What's going on with your mortgage then? Are you delinquent? No, because it's the way it, the way it's set up is I own the house. Yes. And I have a mortgage. Yes. That's set up with First National. Mm-hmm. And that gets pulled out of my bank every month. Oh, so you're just short a mortgage payment. I'm just short the the agreed upon rent rent that they because I've sublet that property right. to Epic Alliance. You've, you've let it. Well, I've yeah. let it to them. and Sorry, they're yeah. subletting. They're subletting. Yes, yeah. thank you for correcting. Yeah, so I've let it to them and they failed to pay. So the reason they have failed to pay is because, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I may miss some specific points. I'm not going to read anything out because if you're an investor, you've probably got the same emails I do. But for those of you that are curious to play along at home. They had a cease trace, a cease trade order issued against them by the FCAA, which is the regulators. Regulators. It's the consumer regulators in Saskatchewan, basically or saying financial regulators. No, it's not the financial. It's nope. the consumer affairs okay. regulators. Yeah. So anyway, basically, what they said is that hey, you're you're trading exempt market securities, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have a license to do so. So we need you to cease that and and clarify and get the appropriate paperwork in place in order to do that. Right. So when I first heard that, my thought was, okay, well, what's a exempt security? Like, for example, when we did our private REIT here, we had to go through the prospectus. You have to do, you know, report that you are or are not an accredited investor. Yep. Right. And that what you're buying is coming from somebody that is able to deal in an exempt market security. So can you basically describe to me what an exempt market security is? Can you? It's a financial security that isn't uh, part of a regulate, uh, heavily regulated. Yeah, it's stock like not exchange. publicly traded or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I don't have a deep understanding of it either, but that's kind of like basically what it is. Is it's not a stock. It's not a stock, right? And if, yeah. yeah, so if it's, but my understanding of that was whether whether it was something that was going to be, um, sort of traded back and forth or have multiple participants in the security, like a REIT. A private REIT is a... You own uh, shares. Yeah. yeah but it's but trust it's, units, but yeah. But it's an exempt market security. Yeah. Right. That's where I'm confused on this whole thing on... At the end of the day, you own a house and they're leasing it from you. So yeah. what financial regulations is that going okay. against? So here's the breakdown as as I understand it, right? And they they have their hassle-free landlord program, which I are, I participate in, which means I own a house... I'm 100% on title. I have a mortgage. It's mine. Yeah. But what they also have is they have their fund to flip program, which is and where- And I can see that being an exempt market security. It, yes and no. But with that is you're doing private lending and you're in first position on the mortgage. Private lending, though, can sometimes be a little more regulated. It could be. Yeah. So anyway, the, you know, your first, so if you do fund to flip your first position on the mortgage and the house gets renovated- and then it gets sold off to the next hassle-free landlord investor. Yeah. So right there, I don't see any real big issues at that point. But what I saw, what else they were doing is they are they're taking on smaller lenders 
that are less than the first position on the mortgage. Right. So now you're cutting up those chunks. And I, I don't know this and I'm not sure what the situation is, but it sounded like there was promissory notes available as well. So they basically were taking an asset and dividing it up into what looked like pieces, like securities. Is it, just my opinion. It did what sound I like there were promissory notes. And would that be a market security? An exempt market. I'm not. I don't know. I'm I'm not fluent in exempt market securities, but yeah, yeah. But even the because you signed a different contract, or did you just sign a lease agreement? It's just a lease agreement. One lease agreement. That's the only contract you have. Yeah. Interesting. But there are, I guess, novel terms in that lease agreement that maybe a a regular later could take issue with. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a grayer how this all came about because apparently it was it's over a year old and it was an anonymous complaint mm-hmm. and they there's been no fraud charges there's been nothing brought that anything was uh, done under the table or anything like that but apparently they haven't been able to uh, successfully secure uh, an exempt market security license to move forward. So whatever happened legally in the last year uh, between the FCA, I forget this right. Is it FCA or FACC? I got this wrong. Well, whatever. That's, whatever. The yeah. acronyms the, are relevant. Well, it, it is yeah. kind of, it does matter. But anyway. Yeah. It, they were, it sounded the, uh, the email impression to us, the investors, was that they were being stonewalled and they weren't being, you know, there were, there were hurdles that they couldn't get over to move forward and get the licensing. So, so I don't know what that means and how those, you know, how that. F- I'm comes. I'm gonna pay, play devil's advocate right here and just raise a little red flag. So if it is a regular saying you need to deal with these exempt market securities, I still don't understand how that prevents them from paying you rent. If you have a regular tell, telling you you're not allowed to deal in those kind of transactions, that's fine. You can't enter into any more of the transactions, but it does not mean that you get to stop paying your obligations. It's not like, oh, hey, I'm under investigation from the FCC, so I don't have to pay rent on the building. I'm operating my trading firm out. That's not, it doesn't work that way. So I'm a little confused on how that means that they don't have to pay you. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. And it doesn't absolve them from any obligation. And the more we've learned about it, we understood the cease trade order is they cannot create any new issuance of anything. Right. So, so are you concerned right now that they're not paying you? Uh, yeah, 100% I'm concerned. Yeah, why wouldn't I be? Yeah. yeah. Have they said your check's in the mail? Uh, well, okay. So now we're getting to the options that have been presented to us that- Oh, you already have options. We have options. Option oh. one option one, and option two. Wow. Yeah. So option one was that we, uh, the house, the, now I'm just speaking for the hassle-free landlords here because I don't know what the situation and is. And really you're speaking for yourself. Just for myself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm not sharing anything that's confidential. Everything's been an email to all investors. So it's, I don't, I'm not, uh divulging anything here that's yeah against epic at all um yeah so the option one was basically allow an extension of november rents for 14 days but it's uh, already passed 14 days yeah well okay so that was in the original contract it was 15 days after rents weren't paid you can absolve you can um break your contract with epic and take back your property Right. Okay. So that's option one or option two. However, they present, they said it as option two. I can request my keys back tomorrow. Already. I'll get the name. Because that's in the contract. Yeah. So that wasn't a new option no, from them. No, but that's the, yeah. the, the two options right now that I have are that get my keys, figure yeah. out who the tenants are, deal with the situation. Right. Or offer them a two week extension. 
uh, to see if they can figure things out. Right. Uh, and then basically I, well, get your November rents paid. Basically I'm looking at it as two weeks to try and sort things out. I mean, if you don't break the contract, you definitely should be paid November rent. That's right. And well, who wants to bet that they have been paid November rent from the tenant? Oh, well, they did. They said that they told us that they had to make a tough decision to keep the November rents for operating expenses. Yeah. So they're out of cash. Mm hmm. But my bet is yeah, that we can all agree there's a cash flow situation. There's a there's a sure. cash flow issue yeah. here, yeah. and the the house of cards may be tumbling. Right, because the way the build business is modeled is that you're constantly renovating properties and turning things over. There needs to be turnover in the in the whole scheme, right? That it has to be. Well, that's where they're really making their money is buying yeah. properties and well, selling them to you for more. Kind of sounds like they're not making their money. Well, it does but, sound like they're not making. That's, money. Yeah, for sure. that's where we thought they were making their money. Yeah, right. in the. The buying the property and the renovation. Well, so you buy. Okay, so the way I understand it, right, is they're buying an under market or a below market value property, right? Yeah. For they're getting a good price on it. They're putting somebody on as a primary mortgage, as a first position mortgage. Mm -hmm. That's like the fund to flip loan. Yeah. And then they're taking on other investors to do the flip or to do the reno. Yeah. And then that is then sold at a higher value. They're. To a hassle-free landlord their price. investor. The price. So they've made their money there. That's where yep. they're making money, right? Yep. And they're making it on that purchase. They've also secured that purchase price to be their future purchase price. Right. So as appreciation happens over the minimum two-year contract, they get to buy that house back for exactly what they paid for it and keep all of that appreciation. Right. Right? And all the mortgage pay down along the way. Yeah. So there was a plan in place for them to make money but i think it's because they've got it such a big scale and like you said it's like becomes a cash flow problem to keep it all all but the wheels turning cogs, they needed cogs a huge scale yeah yeah well that's the problems we faced before when we looked at real estate right yeah. any kind of stuff like that so. yeah. but again the number one death of a business is undercapitalized growth Right. That spells mm -hmm. disaster every single time. Right. And if you are, have a cease trade order where you can't do anything, then you can no longer capitalize. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 So, so this cease trade order, whatever caused it, whatever happened, but realistically, that could be the downfall of the business because they can't bring in new capital. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite possible. Now, but it's all speculating. We don't know any details here. So I'm on their mailing list. Yeah. And there was that promissory note thing that came out a while ago. Yeah. And then I believe in October, they had a fire sale, basically. And I don't remember the terms, um, but they had a special all month. Yeah, they ran a couple specials this year of offering 17% returns. Yeah, that was it. That tells me you're cash starved and you needed cash in the door at any price. Yeah. So, these are good things to know in retrospect. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of lessons learned here. To be fair, when you went into this, you picked the nicest house you could in one of the better neighborhoods and you were completely comfortable owning the house if that's the way it went. Yeah, I I think I was pretty upfront about that. And when we discussed it before, we said the number one risk, our biggest concern was, in fact, the business itself. Yeah. 
That was the risk. And it looks like that risk has come to pass. Yeah, exactly. So you own a house in Saskatchewan now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Not that you didn't own it before, but now you need a property manager in Saskatchewan. I might be going for a vacation. And it's good that I've met people through the FI community in Saskatchewan that I'm looking forward to having a beer with. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So it's all, there's there's, there's silver lining. Yeah. And bringing beer back. Mm So, you know, it's not going to be a terrible, like, yeah, it's going to be all right. If we drive, we can bring even more beer. But yeah. you're probably not expecting to get your, was it 15% that they were paying you? No, no. What yeah. were they paying you? Yeah, 15% of yeah. my down payment, yeah. You so. don't expect to get that in cash flow? No, of course not. I think now it'll just be, it reverts to a basic home, you know, rental home yeah. play, right? I've, I'll find out whatever they've been charging for rents and, and, and deal with the situation, right? It's obviously not ideal. It's no longer the hf part of the hflp <laughs> yeah <laughs> not hassle-free no not at all but now it's just a landlord program <laughs> yeah it's just a landlord program now but yeah you're right accountant is that's that's the due diligence that i did before is i looked at the city where the houses were which one i wanted and chose one and i said from the beginning that the worst case scenario for me was i was going to end up owning a house in saskatoon yeah so i wanted the best possible one i could get And I knew this day may come, like you have to expect this when you're, you know, dealing with riskier investments is like, be prepared for your worst case scenario, right? We've been reading the book Black Swan right now, right? This isn't really a black swan because this was a known unknown. Yeah. But here it's come to pass. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think an important one for everybody to remember is like, we dabble in some of these higher return, higher risk investments, but generally higher return companies and plays explode well you're right and it's interesting because they've been generally yeah sometimes can you give me examples of somebody who can pay out 15 percent consistently oh well okay so that's fair when you're getting so high above what everybody else is what everybody else is paying Yeah. yeah no i agree with that there's a reason for excessive yields right yeah it's it's a lot harder to deal with. It's a lot harder to make money at that stage. Like we've we've seen REITs come and go that offered fifteen percent payouts. Yeah. And how many of them went belly up? Right. Or had to drastically slash their dividend payout, whatever. And and really, we're kind of talking two to three x times the norm. Yeah. Not because fifteen percent at different times in history would have been reasonable. Oh, sure. If it's nineteen eighty, fifteen percent is less than mortgage but, rates. But yeah, when you're getting above two times what everybody else is offering, that's a Yeah. Uh raises some red flags. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, interesting situation to follow along with and uh you know, best of luck to all the people that are in the, the fund to flip and stuff like that, because it's gonna be a little harder. Because mm-hmm. they don't, uh, or the up. promissory note people, or the promissory note people. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I was looking at another company that I'm not going to mention any names, <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to them, and the only available funds I have are tied up in an RRSP, so they won't let you like the trust that the is holding the RSP. They won't let you lend on a promissory note, so they actually like giving you a little bit of protection there yeah like no you no. can't just lend that money out <laughs> <laughs> no this is not happening but the promissory note like i looked into it and it's an interesting one because you technically can go to court and have just as much claim as if you were on title like let's just say we're, do- we're talking like private lending here right yeah you have just as much claim but at the same time like you show up in court and you're like well i'm not really on title that house but 
they owe me a bunch of money. Yeah. It's kind of like, you're going to have to find a lawyer that really wants to fight your case. And spend all the money for the lawyer. And spend all the money for the lawyer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was really kind of like, yeah, I don't think promissory notes are ever in my future. No, I would agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, have you made a choice? Mm. Yeah, this beer is drinkable. It's English. <laughs> Just dances around yeah. the issue. What was the question? <laughs> Have you made a decision on what you're going to do with the Option house? A or option B. Oh, we're moving to Saskatchewan, baby. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Have you already canceled your contract? No. Oh, no. Uh, as far as options go? No, I, I still have, I still hope for the best. That there's a rabbit in the hat that'll get pulled out. And I would be like nothing more than for it to keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. And have well, my, of course you would, 15%. Right? But, yeah. I mean, have you... <laughs> flipped that and started looking for property managers well or so booked your flights <laughs> <laughs> and or yeah no i haven't booked flights yet because i've had to go to work this is ridiculous but anyway um i thought you were tired <laughs> just never mind that let's focus on one thing i can't handle all these different conversations but pretty soon the accountant's going to be hounding me about the brewery again and i've been ignoring him as much as i can he has been ignoring me a lot it's very frustrating <laughs> Huh. <laughs> I was going to start in on the brewery. But... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I went with option one or the choice to give them an extension because it also frees me up with time. And there's a critical part to, I'm sure everyone that's listening to this has already done it because we'll drop this later in the week or whatever, but the option two absolves them completely of any responsibility. So if your place isn't in prime condition or if it isn't tenanted or whatever the situation is mm-hmm. you're getting it back with no recourse whatsoever well what's your recourse if you well the recourse there, the there may not be any recourse right <laughs> now but at least i'm not the one that's breaking the contract right i don't think it matters if you break they've broken the contract by not fulfilling the rent term haven't they yes they have they have but I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. And this is, I can't really speak to it because I don't have legal advice on this. Right. But, you know, they've broken the contract, but I haven't agreed to it and let them off the hook yet, basically. Right. Well, there's, there's no letting them off the hook. They, no, well, I'm they giving, haven't upheld their end of the contract. Yeah, well, that's why I'm giving them the two week extension. They are still under contract for the next two weeks. Gotcha. And does that give you, like, how many days before December rents do? Does that give you? Well, it's November 15th. So it was today. Days. Yeah. It was today. It's today. So you got one day to do something in November at the end of the month. If uh, you got to f- find the tenant, make sure they pay you instead of them in a day. Yeah. Exciting times. You want to go to Saskatoon <laughs> at the end of November? <laughs> no. Come on. There's CFL football, isn't there? Probably. That's in Regina. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Yeah. That's a little, not that far of a drive. Two hours. Yeah, two yeah. hours. I ain't going. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Enough about that. Considering this episode is going to be a week late anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, old news, old news. Yeah. Uh, the email we got. Yeah, just pulling it up here. All right. Glad you got that. I got nothing. Uh, You're total. How's the kombucha? It's good. It's, it's very good, tasty. It? Yeah. It's very hard email to find. So, uh, well, do you have it up? Yeah, of course I got. Well, it. Well, then why aren't <laughs> just testing your finger skills on your <laughs> eye device. Okay, so you want to do one, three, four, five, or six first? Well, that's chronological. <laughs> okay, let's go. 
let's talk about trades. Yeah, well, okay, we've talked about trades with Corey on the show before, but there's one part of the, the trades discussion here that we didn't really talk about, um, and that's union versus non-union versus owner. Right. Right, because that's interesting because a lot of tradespeople are, do work for themselves. Right. Right, they're their own. There's also the moonlighters. There's also moonlighters. Yes, that's a good right. point too. Mm-hmm. But see, I don't know anything about union workers. They get paid more than the non-union workers. And they have like a committee, get, a union team. Yeah. They, they get paid more than non-union workers, but I believe less than owner operators. Well, you'd imagine so. You would imagine so. Um, but the, not but. They get paid more than non-union and they get sweet benefits. Okay, so how does this question play out? Like he just said, the FI patch for trade workers, union versus non-union versus owner. Right. So first of all, if you can get in the union, you automatically are going to make more. Unless you're a star, I would assume. I think that's the case for carpenters, but I'm not Mm. entirely sure that's the case across the board. It might not. There may be some... Some trades, there's not an option for union. Right. I mean, I guess I could have been union if I worked at the airlines. Yeah, right. But nowhere outside of the airlines is there any unionized aircraft maintenance jobs. And I I think that's also going to really depend on the union. Like, not all unions have pension plans. Some just take dues. Right. You know? And, like, I know if it's a union uh, contractor, you know, like, farmer in town or something like that, they'll just pull guys from the union when they need guys. So they're constantly recycling yeah. their unions. Like it's easy. You're not going out to get a job. You can go to the union and say, what do you have? Right. I think that's one advantage of that. For whom? Well, I guess for the guy who sucks and constantly has to be recycled to new jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm in the union. Yeah, no, I don't know. I does it. Okay. Well, what's going to make... What's the better, if you had a decision. Okay, So here's the thing. Which is the better decision. I don't think any of us know enough about this no, to make that and call. If, if you're in a trade, yeah. find out who your union is. Find yeah. out who the union that uh, has. Services that trade. Right. Thank you. And find out their wage rates. Find out what benefits they give. And make an informed decision. Don't just go through life going, ah, unions. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, but I think that makes it a really tough decision, right? Because as the accountant pointed out, union's going to have, or it, it's potential for higher wages, prevent, potential for better benefits, but you're going to get that, some of that sapped off your paycheck in the union dues. Right. But you're going to have collective bargaining power. That's one of the things that they have, right? So you may move along. Like, so a point for me is you may move along through your career over 10, 15, 20 years with regular wage increases that reflect inflation, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Whereas non-union, I know for a fact in my industry, I've been told they don't believe in wage increases for inflation. Right. So you're not protect. You don't have that protection by a collective bargaining power. Right. Now, so, if you're a, a star employee, there may be things in the union that will hold you back from advancing as quickly. Yep. I, I will say generally, if you're really good at what you do, unions aren't good for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's generally true. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of red tape, there's a bunch of rules that come along with unions that generally, if you're one of the best people at doing what you do, you're better off not being in the union. And and maybe it's a case where a union is good at the beginning of a career. You know, you ha- you really have to look at, at what your options are inside and outside the union, I think. It's interesting because it, I can only speak from my own experience, but it, it does make a difference too. 
in in the path down the road is if you're a union at the beginning, I would have found it that people it's harder to get into the non-union positions. That's because unfortunately, whether it's true or not, there's some sort of stigma attached to oh, they've been a union worker. Not a stigma as much as um blacklist blacklist or stereotype right. or yeah. whatever yeah so yeah. i mean that's a consideration too it's like fair. oh i got this totally option fair. right off the bat down the road i want to branch out yeah you may not be looked on equally even though you know, like it's unfair but yeah. it may happen right yeah. yeah that's true you know so i mean those are definitely considerations it sounds like this sort of sort of the question where it's like okay if you're getting out of trades training what direction you take and yeah. and the owner direction is i think you have the nicest thing about that is you have basically unlimited potential for income but you're going to do a ton more work. You're going to do a ton more work. And, and not necessarily work in your trade. Yeah. You have to be a business person too or farm well, that out. I think really the way I read the question is, is you're going to be a owner-operator of your trade. So I'm, I'm going to be, like you said, carpenter, right. but I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah, but you still have to bookkeep and Fair find enough. your You're clients. going to have to find work. and yeah. But yeah. these days... To be a successful owner-operator in the trades, you need to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can't true. find anyone yeah. to do anything, right? So, yeah. 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 No, that is 100% true. I'm thinking maybe I just moved to Saskatchewan and Saskatoon and become a property manager there, boys. Yeah? There's a big opportunity right now. Uh, that's that's <laughs> not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe a six-month thing. Just get in well, between the hard times. There's know. a whole bunch of people that need property managers. Just all so everybody time. knows the listing, I'm not cheap. It's going to cost you. <laughs> yeah. So when are we flying out? Right? Yeah. Totally a business opportunity. Yeah. So I think uh, that's a good question, though, uh, about the trade workers and union versus non-union. I don't, I don't have – it's funny because I remember getting an interview at Air Canada way back in the day to be a union worker. Right. And they, they asked me like a union question of like, how do you handle the situation with a worker that comes up to you and tells you that you're making the team look bad because you're doing extra work and doing this. And, and I just was kind of a little stumped being 20 something and going, yeah. uh, well, let's, you know, you just do it. You just do what you do. If you're doing that, you're doing that. And I was kind of like, maybe the union's not right for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard answer. It's a hard question to answer. Right. Cause you don't say, well, I just slow down so that the whole team, you know, I think the right answer is you have a discussion, you see how everybody fits into the team, or I don't know. I think that's an interesting point, though, because I think a lot of people do think the union isn't right for me. Yeah. And while there's probably some merit to it, you're going to have headaches if you're that type of person who is head down and works hard and all that sort of... You won't definitely have issues. No, but... but uh, but still, don't discount the wage just because you think the union's not for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 No, no, the wage is as huge because that was the number one reason everybody in my class was like, oh, we are going to the airlines. The wages right. are the best in the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if I'd gone there right at the beginning, I would have had benefits, pension, and on the existing trajectory, I would have probably been five right now anyway. Right. So, it's like multiple routes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe it comes down to your stick with itness. Like, yeah. which one do you stick out, right? Because maybe people go out and try and be the owner operator for five years, fail, get a bunch of debt, can't get the union job. Now they're non union and starting in a hole. Well, and I think anybody listening to us right now is going to be disciplined enough financially that making more money as an owner operator, they'll still manage to save for retirement. I hope so. <laughs> All right. So number two was Epic Alliance. We talked that to death. Do you guys have any more questions? You just want to abuse me, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm trying really hard to. You just like want to keep throwing. Come up told with a zinger here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. 
Well, here, while you're thinking about that, you go get the other beer. I always have to go get the beer from the fridge. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> the the, uh, the accountant's eyes are like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Does it count for kombucha? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, no, the kombucha's good. Uh, what was the next one? Oh, oh, you know what? I People have been asking me some really hard mortgage questions. Who's asking you hard questions? Hard mortgage questions. And I realize how woefully inept I am at knowing about every mortgage product in Canada. Well, that's because there's too many of them yeah. and they're always making new ones. Well, okay, let me... So, okay. How's that song go? How was what song go? Crazy Train? Yeah. Oh, well... Can you sing, oh, a little Ozzy Osbourne. Can you sing a couple bars? Well, why don't we get the accountant to do it while we're opening these beers? Okay. Uh, nobody on the show would appreciate <laughs> me singing. Let's be very clear about that. So this beer is called Crazy Train? It is. It is crazy train. I think that's the Canada line in YVR. I needed your electronic napkin there. I got beer all over myself. My electronic napkin stopped working. I wonder if it's due to me using it as an electronic napkin. You know, I have no complaints about this, but look how full that beer is. Like you open it and it's bubbling out the top. Oh, I know. Just makes it really that's hard why to I have open. Beer all over my hand. <laughs> That and no. So you're complaining about a full can. Yeah. Tough life, boys. This is a 357 mil can, (laughs) this one. (laughs) They squeezed every milliliter in. Okay, so this is off the rail as well. Thanks a lot, Jason, for supplying these. Thanks, Jason. And this one is a 75 IBU. Do you remember what that stands for, Economist? International Bitterness Units. Ooh. Heyo. Heyo. We have a brewing fan in the house. No blurb on this one, but much cleaner can. Like this can is way 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 nicer. Yeah. Way better. So off the rail when you're listening to this. Uh, so we, this is bitter, less bitter than the pale ale? Uh, correct. What? Yeah, that makes no sense. It tastes way more bitter. Uh, Clear, rich, West Coast well, IPA. This is a 75. With and this floral is a, and citrus tones. That one's a 40. 40. The pale ale is a 40. Yeah, which is less. So how come I taste the bitterness and hops and all that? Because stuff? this is more bitter. The number goes up. The, the number is higher. There's more bitter. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> wow you, you were doing so well with the answer to ibu you just like lost all credibility all credibility is gone so wow. it, okay <laughs> is ibu of 100 100 bitter no no it can go higher i don't know what the scale goes to i'm not gonna make myself look dumb like you just did <laughs> okay so his, his next question was uh all in one mortgages like the manual life one do you guys know what the manual life one mortgage is Yes. Tell me. I believe. Well, I didn't say yes. <laughs> you should have said maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> he was very committal. Yes, I, I, I believe it is a mortgage with a readvanceable HELOC attached to it. Oh, that's all in one. Are you Googling it? Am I correct? <laughs> Clearly, I have to Google it. For well, what, yeah. what else could be in there? What are some other nice features of mortgages? Maybe they give you a couple beers on your doorstep, <laughs> some popcorn when the you go to the movies. The pizza to give the movie, yeah, the people who move right? you in. Yeah. yeah. Now you're going to make me read all this crap. before we. Have I work today. You guys could have done this. You work from home. Okay. Uh, power went out. Storm. <laughs> Couldn't do anything. <laughs> okay. Actually, I was... Uh, Editing or doing show notes in the library parking lot. 
Nice. Because nice. I didn't get enough cell service at to my get, house yeah, to, get, <laughs> to get Wi-Fi. Perfect. Nice. Manulife One is an all-in-one reinvanceable mortgage and banking product. Lets you combine your mortgage with your bank accounts, short-term savings, income, and other debts. So, I'll I'll take a stab at this one without actually knowing the details. But it, it's the, it basically becomes your account where everything goes into it, and you can like adjust your mortgage payment amounts that go that go in. It, uh, it sounds like you're you're just putting all your money against it's a big line of credit, right? Basically. It, yeah. You essentially have a readvanceable mortgage with a HELOC, but you're using the HELOC as your checking account instead of a checking account. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. And I think and then I might I don't maybe I don't want to say this because I don't know for sure, but I think there were some fees involved with how you use this account there may be some monthly fees that go with it so i think it's just important to be aware of all the fine print on this one so i did why i said i probably knew what it was <laughs> because i did look at this a few years back but i don't really remember and i remember the fees being one of the reasons mm-hmm. that i didn't go for that product that's right. exactly why i didn't go for it too that's why i ended up at mcap which is not as flexible as this one but i didn't care to have my banking tied into it as well yeah mm-hmm. i wanted to keep some some separation and that might not be the greatest thing if your banking's tied into it if you're going to use your heloc for investment what do you think about that from an accounting point of view yeah if you're depends how you're tracking everything but for the you know the average person that isn't an accountant that it doesn't when you have an all-in-one product like this does it make it easier to use as a bank account rather than having like a some separation like having to physically take a transfer from your HELOC for sure show the tracking to an investment yeah it's way more complicated yeah so I mean it might be a good mortgage product but it may not be the best thing if you want to I know what the question is going to like this relates to this question and this is why I brought it up before is like people ask me about because I'm a Smith Maneuver certified ambassador they're like what about this mortgage product I'm like man I don't know about the Scotia step and the RBC (laughs) this and which I do need to learn a whole lot more about I thought you said you were working today I was this is like that wasn't what you were working on no that was not what I was This is the one thing with HELOCs, and I've talked to the mortgage broker that I use, and he generally doesn't want people to have HELOCs because your average person, Mm -hmm. like why they want you to have this product is your average person won't pay it off. That's right. Right? Like most people spend what they have in their bank account. So when you give them their bank account is a HELOC attached (laughs) to their house. It's the best idea (laughs) ever. Yeah. They spend what is there. Yeah. Now, the flip side of that is somebody who's disciplined and very good with their money if you're using a HELOC as a checking account and you're bringing in more money, you're essentially reducing your interest. Yes. You're constantly shoveling money yes, into that right. account and you're only taking it out when you need it. So you're paying less and less interest all the time, hypothetically. And okay, I've got a thousand dollars that I need in three weeks. Well, I'm not paying interest on that thousand dollars for those three weeks until I pull it back right. out and get it. Now, if you're deciding on this, I think you got to weigh that against the fees. The yes. interest saved against the fees. But you don't have to use that product to do this same thing. Like I have a mortgage with a readvanceable HELOC. Right. I could just shovel all my money. Like yeah. I could take one extra step yeah. and when money hits my checking account, immediately shovel it into that HELOC and then like it's one extra step. 100%. Right? It's it's one transfer on my yeah. banking at CIBC. Yeah. No, no, hold on a second though, because I've got a limited amount I can put down on my mortgage. On your mortgage, not on your HELOC. What if my HELOC's at zero? Well, then this product isn't a product you'd have anyway. Well, what if I used this? What if I had that product and took out 50K for an investment and I didn't want to pay it down? Then you wouldn't have this product <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't understand how that's confusing. 
Uh, yeah, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure exactly in this email what the specific question was, but I think just in general, like the all-in-one mortgages, I think what it comes down to is you need to know exactly what you want to do with your mortgage product. Yeah. Understand the underlying fees for some of the, you know, options that you have. Yeah. Whether there's monthly or one-time transaction fees. Like I think... I came across this, I was doing a little bit digging into this Scotia one and they have like HELOC transfer fees. Like, yeah. Like the charge to transfer out from the HELOC. So it's, it's understanding the fine print, right? If your HELOC has a fee to charge to transfer out of it, get a new HELOC. Yeah. Immediately. But, but these are things like I started looking into it and you know what the real problem is? There's not enough information. Like you read the very, the, the bland, the, the The bold face, the sales pitch online. And I'm like, no, no, I want to know what. The yeah. manual life one is all about, and right. it's not there. I've got to book a meeting and go and sit with somebody, and then I'm going to get the 50-page fine print document that I'm going to have to read through to try and figure out all these details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because they don't want you to know. No. And I think it's super frustrating because the number one question, like I was mentioning earlier, as it re- relates to the Smith maneuvers, people have been asking me about what mortgages they either have or what they need to change to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you need to talk to a mortgage broker because they're the ones that are experts at this. I can't help you with that, but I can tell you that if you have an existing mortgage, you're going to need to break that mortgage and you need to know what the fine print on that is well, if you want to change. Yeah, but they won't necessarily, if they have a HELOC, they'll be able If to. they have a HELOC, yeah. but it's people that don't have it that are yeah. going, oh, I want to start that. Yeah. It's, yeah, you got to understand where you're coming from, where you got to get to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably the hardest question. Like talking about the investing portion of that is actually pretty easy at this point. It's what mortgage do I have? What mortgage do I need? What are my breakage fees? What are my breakage fees? What are the the fine print of this mortgage? And yeah, that, and that's one I think a lot of people don't clue into is they'll sign a five-year term at the lowest possible rate they Mm -hmm. can. And then two years in situations change and you need to do something new with that mortgage, but because you signed the cheapest possible rate at the crappiest lender, <laughs> your breakage fee is forty grand, and it's just not a viable option to do it, and yeah. you have to ride it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, talk to a mortgage professional because this one thing I I don't know if everybody gets that is that it doesn't cost you anything to talk to a mortgage broker. Right? No, right? They're paid. You're not uh, by the lender. Residential, residential, residential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and the commercial ones will talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, find out what your, where you stand and what your options are for sure. Cause we are here for entertainment purposes. Only. <laughs> Not only. What else would we be here for? Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm here for the beer. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Oh, he didn't it. even take that as a shot. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Damn. He doesn't even have any, uh, kombucha. kombucha left. No, you didn't go get me more when you poured yourself the next beer. You know, the fridge is. I know. I got all the beers that were in the fridge. We're not here to serve non-alcoholic beverages. (laughs) I don't like either. either. (laughs) I get my kombucha from beer. (laughs) All right. Are we going to get how that works? Okay. Let's not make this like a giant episode like we keep doing. Okay. Well, then give me another question. No, maybe we should just like, this is when we play the music and just go into overtime. What about... uh, Yeah. Okay. That's fine. We want to know about... uh, the tax deductibility of um, oh, professional associations. Okay, 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 let's do that one. Okay, so professional associations. Are you guys a? Are you a member of any professional associations? Uh, yes, I'm a chartered accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget no. that? <laughs> yeah, but you're. That's uh, your qualification. 
That's yeah, that's a professional designation. That yeah. Is a so thing. what? Yeah. what I, I have CA. Okay. To pay. Let's let's there you go. Let's qualify this. I think maybe we should not say professional associations. Maybe we should say like special interest groups. Like for example, he brought in uh, Rain, which is the Real Estate Investors Network. Right. So like a group like that where you're. Okay. So Rain is not deductible. Why not? For. I'm about to explain it to you, <laughs> Jack Wagon. <laughs> For your average person. Oh. Now, oh. if you are a real estate if professional. If you're union, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're 100%. You're if you're an employee, you're But out. you get to deduct your union dues. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Rain, if you're, say, you're a real estate agent who specializes in investments. Well, that's networking. That could be considered advertising and promotion. It could help part of your business then it's a deductible expense. What if I uh, own a rental property and I consider it educational? Then you would have an argument for that being a business expense to go along with part of that rental property. But if you just own your own home and you just like going to rain seminars, there's nothing. What are you deducting that against? Right. Right. It's the, it's the same as for a lot of things. A lot of things people are like, oh, well, you just deduct that. It's like, but what are you? Just write it off. Just write it off. <laughs> well, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's the best question. Oh, hey, accountant, can I write this off? Like, no. No, you can't. No. <laughs> Most expenses are allowable on the broad sense on if they were incurred in order to try and earn income. Incurred there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Right, like yeah. as as a broad stroke, if you go, hey, was this something I had to pay in order to try and earn income? Then it's like even you start running a business and you run a business at a loss for ten years, you've never had a reasonable expectation of profit. That's not you. Can't well, you just, have in the first couple in of the years, first maybe. few years, but eventually it becomes something you can't write off because you're not right making any money. Yeah. So if I want to get one of those big fancy uh, tennis club memberships. $10,000 a month sort of thing. If I own my own business, can I write that off? So here's a fun one. And I, I won't, <laughs> I won't speak to the tennis club, but uh, many years ago, they ixnade the golf club membership. Ah, nobody can write that off, but can't write that. How off. many deals get done on right? the 18th green? That's what yeah. I'm saying. You're not wrong, but you can't write that off anymore. Not deductible expense. Interesting. Anymore. Okay. Yeah. I never would have known that. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, I don't do deals on the golf course, but well, I'm usually in the weeds trying to find my ball, so nobody's <laughs> over there trying yeah, to nobody, do a deal. Yeah, nobody's around. <laughs> no, it's the they're, swamp. Give me a hand. <laughs> they're doing deals without you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is an interesting question. I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought, but I think the way you summed it up is a good way in general to think about it, right? Is if you're part of a group that is – repeat again exactly what you said. Was the ins expense incurred – in order to help you or to try and earn income. Right. You know, so like you, directly earning. Direct, income. So, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to start a side hustle selling knitted toques and you're in a knitting group, mm -hmm. you could probably justify that membership. Right. If you have sales. Right. But. But not your bowling league. Your bowling league. Because you wear is, your toque as advertisement. No. no, not happening. No, but you've already written off the toque. So you're. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I Just write it I off. Wait, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see the toque from his group. <laughs> I'm so, going to need a toque for Saskatoon. So. Are you guys in any groups? Uh, that I pay for? Yeah. I, I don't am, think I, I am. I am not in any paid groups. No, I don't think I am either. No. Boring guys. I know. I guess so, yeah. eh? Yeah. I'm never bored. <laughs> I mean, we pay for curling, but that's I can't write that off. 
That's not. A- <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could. So there's the group question. All right. Okay. That's a wrap. Anything else left to add to this episode, boys? No. I'm going to uh, give both of you the middle finger and walk out of here without having had a beer. So, you uh, know. You should have had a beer. They were tasty. Well, <sighs> this one was. I'm not sure about the first one. Yeah. It was pretty bland, hey? Jason said he liked both of these beers. Like, he said these were his go-tos. Hmm. The thing that uh, about the first beer that's... That's not- the uh, yeah. off the rail. Yeah, you can't find the name on there, can you? Off the rails, the brewery name, bud. <laughs> Classic a, pale ale. Yeah. Found it. It's a hard. <laughs> it's a hard can to read. Yeah, like, that, that one wasn't good as far as I was concerned. It well, you know what? It was very much a British pale ale. Boring. If you like that, then you like that. I mean, I'm not saying there's no bad beers. Remember, but this yeah. Crazy Train IPA is actually pretty tasty. It's, I like it. Is it yeah. Aussie approved? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Can you sing us out? No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll bring. I will get you one of these. I'll go to the mainland and bring you a couple back. Right. Thank I feel you. I feel guilty now, but I figured I had a few weeks leeway. Uh, if you replace it with one, I'm happy. Like I basically <laughs> till the new year to get these back to you. No way. We've got beers for December. We've got beers for the show. I thought you were uh, drinking on Halloween. Uh, I know Thanksgiving. Well, that was. But yeah, before. you did drink on Halloween. <laughs> I I thought your next drink was on Thanksgiving. He's bringing yeah, duels. We'll your Odules? Do you know what I actually had that wasn't terrible? I hate to admit this, but was one of those Heineken no alcohol beers. Oh, yeah. It was not bad. Do they have a black and white label like the Prohibition from Budweiser? No. I think black and white's good for no alcohol beers. I like that stuff. You should bring the Bud Zeros. I don't want a Bud Zero. The Heineken Zero is the best of that. <laughs> we'll we won't make fun of you if you bring Heineken That's Zeros. That's a bold-faced lie. You 100% <laughs> will make fun of me. I'm going to want to have one. <laughs> You're going to steal my non-alcoholic beer? <laughs> so you drink my alcoholic beer, and now Maybe, you want to steal my you non-alcoholic know what? beer. We made a huge mistake this episode. Why is that? We should have had a round of non-alcoholic Heinekens. That's a terrible idea for us. Yeah, that, why would you do that to well, yourself? Well, for our listeners. I guess. Yeah, we could tell right. them what we thought. Well, we'll have to wait till next November to drop that one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this beer is pretty tasty. Good talk. Do you know the best part, though, was when Jason dropped off these beers. He also dropped off a care package for me to get on the ferry. Were you going back? Well, I was coming. It was the next day. I was coming back. I'm coming back. And he's like, oh, I just have these. And they were, um, I don't even know how to describe them very well. Like Weed cookies. <laughs> um, Is that what you thought that I was thought going for to sure <laughs> That would have been the best ferry ride ever. <laughs> now I've got to look them up. Asian sweet buns. Does that make sense? Sweet potato buns. That's what I think they were. Hmm. But they're like little, these little sweet potato buns stuffed with like a pork meat filling. Oh, yeah. Those are the delicious. They're, oh, yeah. They were great. amazing. Barbecue pork buns. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. He's never had a barbecue pork bun This before? is incredible. What's yeah. going on? What? I didn't even know it was a thing. How do, oh, they, get, how do yeah. they get the pork inside the bun? It's, <laughs> it's caramel secret, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like these uh, egg custard little tarts as well. Nice. Man, it was Whoa, the best ferry yeah, ride ever. Custard tarts cool. Nice. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I'm not even going to admit your beer's made it off the ferry with all the snacks <laughs> I had. It's getting thirsty with all that stuff. Yeah, I bet oh, you yeah. were. Now you're probably upset you didn't get a sweet potato or pork I bun. I'm upset about many things <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Uh, well, you look All dry right. over there. Yeah, well, over and out, boys.
he won't be dry when he goes outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? The rain is past. Now it's just a windstorm blowing down trees. All right. Perfect. Yep. All right. Well, let's okay. do this again sometime. Cheers. Farewell. <laughs>